Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What is going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one with LeVar and Mary for this Friday night, December 9th, I believe. I don't know. Holidays are catching up with me. 2022. Um, <laughs> I, have to, I don't know, you know what day it is. Eh, who knows? Who cares? It's December. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> as long as I'm in the right area code of the month. Uh, I didn't say October, so we're good. Uh, but it's December 9th. Uh, we are a few weeks away, as I think as I noted, from the end of the year. Uh, so uh, three more shows after tonight, uh, December 16th, 23rd, 30th, one four one one Lounge scheduled on the 18th, which I hope you will join me for and I will talk about here shortly. And thank you for those of you who joined me this past Sunday night. It was an awesome show. Um, I did not know. Um, and I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Mary, by the way. Hello to you. Hi, how are you doing? Before I, before I get fully into what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, right? How was the show? Well, I'll give you an out. Show going. No, it, it went very well. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, and I did not know that there was actually another outlet uh, that our shows are heard on, uh, which is the Podcast Addict, uh, A-D-D-I-C-T, uh, site. We get a lot of people who join us from there as well. So if you download our shows either off Apple or on Spotify or on iHeartRadio, um God knows where else. There's so many different like pod sites. You know, I, I hate to leave them all out because they're wonderful. Uh, but I found recently that a lot of people listen to us on that site, uh, our shows from there. So uh, if you heard the show this past Sunday night, uh, she was awesome. Uh, hopefully we will have her back in 2023. Um, I will say um, I look <laughs> I look forward to any type of show in which you get to conversate. We really didn't even talk. And like I said, I enjoy those shows because you really don't talk about what a person does that we all know that they do. <laughs> um, we right. learn about, about their road there, how they got there. You know, I learned that she had a degree in social work. Uh, <laughs> wow. How, how fitting. Um, but, you know, it led to her doing some things on a part-time schedule, but now it has become such an expansive thing in regards to what she does because she is on so many different sites. I mean, both her and her husband, who is a very, very, um, um, what's the word I want to use in this instance? Uh, he is 
a very giving fellow <laughs> of uh, what his wife does. <laughs> but they are mm-hmm. both able to, you know, stop their civilian jobs and now make this a full-time, like, work. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't normally ask anyone in the adult entertainment field about the main thing, but I was always interested because I was like, what interests you in sex? Because mm-hmm. you got to really have a drive for something just to do what they do. Um, if you haven't heard the show, it's available here. Uh, go and take a listen to it. It was a wonderful interview. It went so fast. Um, uh, but Subgirl0831, uh, awesome show. And she talks a little bit toward the end uh, about social media. Um, and really just uh, her uh, foray into this new world for her uh, because she is quickly amassing and probably, I would think, within the next few months, probably hit a million followers. Um, she's just about there. So, uh, you know, I ask people if they're amazed at their, their road from where they started to where they got to. And I'm always uh, interested in that question. So, not to give away anything, go listen to the show. Uh, hopefully, on Sunday night, the 18th, uh, Raina Hung uh, will be with me, keeping fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about the travel and competitive eating world uh, with her. I mean, she is known for her videos in which she does a lot of competitive eating. So, uh, I don't know if I could ever do it. Have you ever? Do- I've done one food challenge. Have you ever done a food challenge? No. God, no, no. I eat like a bird, so unless the food challenges eat the least amount of food off this plate, I, it's not happening. <laughs> I don't know where she puts it. You've seen Raina. Um She's smaller than me, so yeah, absolutely. I have no idea where she puts it. <laughs> I don't know where it goes, but I'm going to ask the question, and if, if we are able to pull this off on the 18th on Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, hopefully she will share with us where it goes. I'm pretty sure that's one of the most questions that she gets. Uh, where does it go? Because she does not look like a competitive eater. Um, and I've seen some of her food challenges lately that she's done. There's no way. You know, we're talking pounds of food. What would take you and I weeks to probably finish off. And even then, we get right. tired of it. <laughs> She's able to do it like a half hour hour tops. It takes a special person. Yeah, it's just, it's just not. Yeah, there's a lot of not rights in that one. <laughs> uh, but the impossible. In the best possible. possible way. I'm not saying wrong. I'm saying it's not right, but in the best possible way. But yeah, no idea. She, yeah, no idea where that goes. So bravo. <laughs> um. One of the most interesting things that I read this week, because I I am always looking and seeing different articles that pop up uh, across the week as we do or get ready for our show. Uh, I think it's one we talked about before. Uh, (laughs) I think we are all on the same page because earlier, I think I told you last week, if I didn't, uh, uh, last week's show, that I saw Blazing Saddles trending online on Twitter. (laughs) 
And whenever mm-hmm. it trends, there is always a debate among people about um, if it would be able to be pulled off now. So no. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Whoopi Goldberg thinks that Twitter is galloping a little too hard over the legacy of Mel Brooks's 1974 satirical Western comedy. In the wake of the Office star Mindy Kaling speculating that the beloved but inappropriate sick of the Office wouldn't fly with audiences today, the View panelist held a passionate discussion about how classic comedies would fare in 2022. And Whoopi specifically cited social media debate about Blazing Saddles' treatment of racism when hitting back at those who think that the movie, and of course we all know it's about a politician who hires a black sheriff to oversee a problematic village, goes too far with its satire of racism. Um, she said that it deals with racism by coming at it right straight out front, making you think and laugh about it, because listen, it's not just racism, it's all the isms. He hits it all the isms, she said. Blazing Saddles, because it's a great comedy, would still go over today. There are a lot of comedies that are not good, okay? We're just going to say that. That's, one, that's not one of them. Blazing Saddles is one of the greatest because it hits everybody. And she continued, she says, if, you're ever, if you've never seen Blazing Saddles, you should do yourself a favor, get some popcorn, get a glass of wine, and put it on because it's magnificent. <laughs> and I agree. It is magnificent. <laughs> And um, Sarah Haynes went on to say that they that uh, there should be quote sacred space for comedians to work through potentially problematic issues in culture because laughing is literally the ultimate medicine for life and all that it brings. And Joy Behar, of course, who's a stand-up comedian herself, pointed to Carol O'Connor's iconic on the family character Archie Bunker as an example of a fictional person whose bigotry should be viewed in context. She says, "You take away Archie's bigotry, you don't have a character." That's who he was, and that's the way you're supposed to look at people. If everybody was perfectly wonderful and appropriate, then you'd never learn about these other people who exist out there. She says that's the purpose of art, to expose you to all aspects of human beings. Why would you want to take away the beauty of watching Archie Bunker make a fool of himself? And Goldberg ended the segment by cautioning critics once again. She says, leave my blazing saddles alone. Don't make me come for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good woman. Normally don't agree with a lot of that stuff, but 100%. Leave it alone. I love it. It's mine. Leave it alone. I know it's one of your favorites, and I love that it's one of your favorites. Because most people will look at you and go, why? But if you really sit down and talk about it, it's important. Even as a kid, I learned more and knew at that time and this was in a world in which network television, because for those of you who know we're living in Chicago, WGN uh, was a super station along with TBS and WOR. Channel 9 aired it in the 80s and didn't blank out the words. <laughs> and I'm learning all these words for the first time through Blazing Saddles and laughing my butt off because I didn't look at it as, oh, I'm appalled. I was more shocked that they were able to get away with it. And you looked at it and you saw just how silly these people were and how their isms, all of them, you know, came back at them because of those isms. And so I didn't, I wasn't appalled by it, you know, and even then 
I have a friend who is of a different race. Battles all the time. <laughs> we bonded. One of the main things was that we sat there, and in the beginning when we first met each other, we bonded over Blazing Saddles because we knew the line, and we were coded word for word. We knew, we're not idiots, we know that any type of ism is wrong, but it, <laughs> we laugh our butts off because of it. And like you said, Archie Bunker, George Jefferson, you know, their issues were what was funny because they didn't always get over because of those, you know? Archie being, quote, closed-minded, and, you know, he wasn't. If Archie Bucker was flat-out racist, he would have not welcomed, quote, the Jeffersons into his home. So, Archie Bucker, get that out of your, you know, whole thing. Archie just was ill-informed. He had assumptions about people. Very well you know, ill-informed, yes. yes. Very much ill-informed. So, you know, you get that out of the brain. I didn't hate Archie Bucker. It was just more funny because of how ill-informed he was and how his ill-informedness always got the best of him. <laughs> because he never got over because of that, if you notice that. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. Even when it came to, um, at that time, Edith's friend, uh, Beverly, one of the early, this is how historic that show is. You remember back in the earlier seasons before her character was killed off, Edith had a uh, friend who was trans. And she would always get the best of Archie. Always. And, you know, that show is historic in itself when you look back at it, because whether it was from a sexual or a racial or, uh, you know, even a human undertone, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, the writers and everyone else, the censor and fight for it, because it's things that people today do 10 times worse. But if you look at it, you can see just how wrong it was with a humorous side to it. Um, Mm -hmm. It was meant to teach and it did, you know, you didn't want to be an Archie Bunker. (laughs) You didn't, you didn't in some aspects want to be parts of George Jefferson because you wanted to be the successful side of George Jefferson but you didn't want to be the closed minded side of George Jefferson. <laughs> you know? So each character was flawed. That's the wonderful thing about entertainment. People were flawed. So I don't know. I I will tell you if you've never watched it, please go out and watch it. And just remember You do it for Randolph Scott. Randolph. <laughs> That's all I will tell you. <laughs> it's one. Of, it's one of my favorites too. Like, I, for anyone listening, Lavar and I do. Like, seriously, it comes up often in conversation, just because it's flipping hilarious. And then yep. you know, somebody usually ends up going like, "Nope, I'm not going to do that." And it's you would do it for Randolph. Dude, Randolph Scott. <laughs> Randolph Scott. <laughs> and that is really I love that comes. movie. I think it's great. Yes, still great. Uh, if it is on my top ten of all time, and it will always be. I, I don't think it will ever move off. You know, it, if I was to go on a deserted island and I had to take ten movies with me, that would be one of them. 
So mm. there's yeah. no doubt about it. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I am with you on that one, 100% with you on that one. It is, yes. yeah, one of my favorites. You know what I think why, in a way, that people get uptight about it? Because, because people, they're heartbroken and, and, and closed-minded and think that that they can fix things by canceling it out? Or they no. don't want to, like, look at it for what it is? No, I think people don't know how to react. You know how you're in a situation and something happens and you don't know whether you should laugh at it or be appalled at it? and you're kind of waiting to see how everybody else reacts. And somebody at some point will probably just jump the gun and be like, well, I'm going to go ahead and be this for everybody. That's how people are, especially, and I don't want to, Lord, forgive me. I think that our generation, meaning people probably in their uh, early 40s, are a little bit more open-eyed at this than some probably generation, was it the new generation, Generation Z um, they want to be mad for us because of that. And it's okay to not be mad because if it was accepted by the previous generations and we never waged a war on it, it's okay. <laughs> so, you know, when but you didn't you... know any better, you know that you didn't know any better. So they're doing this for you because you didn't know any better. Right. It's okay to wage a war. <laughs> quote, on the isms that is, you know, that is constant, yes, on racism, sexism, you know, on those things, when it is intentional. This is art. Trust me. Was intentional? This movie would probably be in the vaults, and you wouldn't be seeing it on TV or sold as much as it has been. (laughs) You know, that's why Birth of a Nation and all these other movies probably sit you know, in vaults, it is rarely shown, and if it is, they have like an addendum in front of it that tells you, you know, or the Song of the South, you know, <laughs> that tells you how this was. You know, Blazing Saddles, you know, for as long as it was, didn't have that. I think a few years ago, I think they tried doing something like it before it, but no, it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. I never understood that. Like, let go. It's okay. I'm not saying that what it is is okay. Like, don't go out there and be a doofus. Yeah. But, but understand, use it as a tool. Be like, okay, why is that? Why does that offend you? Mm-hmm. Especially when, like, the people that there was one particular person that talked to me about it, and I said it is one of the funniest movies. I love it. I think it's <laughs> hilarious. I talk about it with Lavar all the time. How can you talk to Elavar about that? You understand what it's about? It's like, do you? Because right now, I don't think you do. Like, you're getting really, really upset about something that is not something to get upset about, honey. Like, you don't. On top of everything else, no offense to the person, that's not your group. You're the other group. You're the group that should be offended by it. Yeah. You're that other group, dude. <laughs> and, and I just don't understand. It's like, have uh, you watched it? <laughs> it, it? Do you actually? I was gonna say, if the person that should be offended by it isn't offended by it, then we're good. <laughs> right. And like, if he was supposed to be offended by it, and he was offended by it, and then I would be offended by it because he's my friend. 
and I understand how to ask him straight off the bat and be like, is this offensive? Like, that's the best part. Like, I don't, when did people forget how to talk to other people and be like, is this offensive? Well, can I laugh at this? That's what I got to do. And then somebody's going to tell you straight off the bat. Be like, yeah, that's, that's really offensive. Probably shouldn't laugh at that. Okay, moving on. My humor is, like, turned into a 12-year-old humor, though, so, like, give me fart yeah. noises. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <love> <laughs> I, I would not. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I'm full on admitting. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, well. I don't care. <laughs> um, fun for me. Yeah. So, no, you know, here's the thing. As long as it is in the intent of teaching a lesson such as blazing sound, and I, I think that's where we walk a fine line, where it is in the intent of teaching a lesson such as blazing saddles did, it is fine. But when you just have people who flat out um, do it in a demeaning and evil way, and those who do it to intentionally hurt like, you just can't go out and make a movie and just call somebody this, 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 and think that it's going to be funny. Because there's just certain mm-hmm. ways that you have to do it, but, you know, you don't do that. Uh, that's why I was like, this is where that kind of fine line comes in, because there are going to be people who think that, oh, well, you we're okay with Blazing Saddles. Yeah, but there's a fine line. If you're doing it just to, like, hurt people and see how far and edgy you could be, that's not funny. At that point, right. you're now just being an ass. <laughs> let's just let's just <laughs> call it what it is. But um, Blazing Saddles did not set that intent to do that. It was, you know, the people who were, quote, supposed to be, um, you know, um, who were doing all of these bad things were the ones in the end who looked foolish. And that was the lesson. <laughs> and, right. if you didn't get that, and if you didn't get that lesson from Blazing Saddles, I would suggest you, you need to watch it again. And watch it again. <laughs> you just sit back and watch it again, dude, because that's the lesson. Yes. So that is what I, I think that we try to talk about and that we try to, um, you know, put forward in regards to that movie. So definitely that's one of the most interesting things I read this week, which was uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, it's always good to see Blazing Saddles and a new generation uh, coming across it and talking it, uh, talking about it and discussing it. So uh, all of that coming up in a couple of seconds. And still ahead, something that we talked about last week with tipping. Uh, right after the show ended, as most of course two stories came up in regards to uh, the tipflation Uh, we'll talk about that in a second and then later on in the show McDonald's is doing something that I felt kind of made it now a little bit more colder in regards to picking up your fast food it's not the experience it once was gone are the days of uh, the McDonald's play lots and the plastic chairs with the faces of the fry guys and, you know, having birthday parties at McDonald's. It's now kind of like, I call it a, a USSR cold. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we'll explain that uh, later on this hour. 
and then Potpourri Night, and then uh, we'll have a few stories from the Smoking Gun this week. <laughs> so I love the Smoking Gun. <laughs> and oh, we got some for you tonight. Um, so uh, we'll have those stories tonight. So, but yeah, the Almanac. It is December ninth. Today is Christmas card day. I am guessing that this is probably the best time for you to get Christmas cards out. But it is Christmas card day. It's National Pastry Day. It is Weary Willy Day. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that is for I don't know if that's for Nick Cannon or not. But it is Weary Willy Day. <laughs> no, it is. It recognizes the art of clowning and the impact it has on our lives. And the holiday was named for the character made famous by Emmett Kelly who was born on this date in 1898. So, <laughs> I was say, okay. Probably a few as long as you there. say so. Yeah. I yeah. think you're lying. <laughs> yeah. <well. laughs> uh, it is also National Salesperson Day today. Tomorrow, December 10th. Do you know what that is? <laughs> today is National Llama Day. Sorry, totally forgot about this part, but you didn't mention today is National Llama Day. Uh, it wasn't on my list, actually, but if it is today, then uh, I'm surprised that this list missed it. Um, oh, National Lama Day. No, I don't That's know what it is. Yep. Uh, so, happy uh, Lama Day. Uh, I don't know what the 10th is. Tomorrow is Dewey Decimal System Day. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Melville Dewey. Uh, was born on December 10th, 1851. Uh, so tomorrow is that day. Human Rights Day and then not National Logger Day. Nobel Prize Day is tomorrow. Uh, December 11th is National Stretching Day. National App Day. No Noodle Ring Day. Uh, Monday brings National Ambrosia Day. Gingerbread House Day. Poinsettia Day. Or for many years as I called it, Poinsettias. <laughs> Point Setia. And to let's see, this is how I know how well this is how well I know my friend. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna say this day. It's on Monday. And I know that well okay, so I'm going to not talk to her for a second, but I'm gonna say the day on Monday, and I guarantee you that she's going to giggle. Monday is National Dingaling Day. Um, yes i did laugh i don't care it's funny say giggling and not giggle you're soulless if you do (laughs) chew on no um (laughs) that's the giggling day chew on is not as fun as dingling yes walla walla no. <laughs> Washington. Uh, yes. National Dingling Day on December 12th. It encourages us to reconnect with people we once talked to often. Uh, on this day, it says to call the people that you haven't heard from in a while. It may be an old classmate, coworker, or neighbor from years ago, or perhaps a call will go out to the child who used to mow the grass during the summer, or that couple who carpooled for soccer, or anyone. But it says use that time uh, to call someone that you haven't heard from. So there you go. Uh, Tuesday 
National Cocoa Day is on Tuesday. It's also National Violin Day, National Day of the Horse. Uh, it is Pick a Pathologist Pal Day and the National Guard's Birthday. And then on Wednesday, it's National Booyabase Day, National Alabama Day, and Monkey Day. And then on Thursday, got to that quickly, Thursday, it's National Cupcake Day, Bill of Rights Day, Cat Herders Day, and National Wear Your <laughs> Yeah. And National Wear Your Pearls Day. You have a set of pearls that you wear? Mm, I do. I I do and every good every woman should have a pair. So <laughs> And there's a few men that I think should have a pair as well. Uh, I bet get about a sensor. I will tell you uh, next Friday is a special day, and this is why I'm going to give you ahead of time what it is. Uh, So on that day, it is National Chocolate-Covered Anything Day. It is also Barbie and Barney Backlash Day. Also, Underdog Day. Um, but that my favorite cartoon. It recognizes uh, the teams and individuals oh. who are statistically expected to lose in competition. Um, so, or the you know Rockies or the Rudies of the world. Uh, and it is also National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day, the third Friday in December. So if you have, you have your some ugly Christmas sweaters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have it, uh, yes, that is your day. It's here. So, yeah. So that's the look at the Albanac here over the next week. And uh, you said today is uh, Llama Day? National Llama Day. Llama Llama Ding Dong. No, I did not know that. <laughs> you, you, you learn. <laughs> Thank you, Lily Tomlin. <laughs> um, <laughs> learn something new every day. Now, nobody under the age of fifty will probably uh, understand that. Understand that? Yeah, no, they yeah, won't. That, but that's that okay. Reference. <laughs> that reference. I age myself each and every day. Um, so, last week on this show, we talked briefly, and only because it came up. I think we were talking about tipping. After the show ended, within a day, a story came out, I guess everyone listens to us, about tipflation. Uh, and the reason why was that there's two stories here. So bear with me. Um, the, I start with the second story, uh, where this came from NBC, and how a new awkward tipping system at Starbucks is prompting criticism from some customers and employees. Uh, according to some comments across social media, uh, the change has prompted, well, not only, like I said, from both. Now when purchasing a beverage with a debit or credit card, customers are giving a prompt to tip their barista whether they drink the drink or whether they order to drink online inside a store or at a drive through window. Uh, and while many customers online have said that the system works fine when paying for a coffee in person and interacting with a cashier or barista, Paying for a drink at a drive-thru has not gone as smoothly. Uh, One said, I'm really not trying to be rude because I know customer service jobs are hard work, 
and now they want tips at the drive-thru at my Starbucks when you pay with a card. You're literally just handing it to me. <laughs> Some 100 comments, mainly from those claiming to be Starbucks employees on an now-deleted Reddit, called this new tipping system is so awkward, have complained that it may be difficult to see what is displayed on a credit card pin uh, screen to begin with. And one said that, from my experience, the customers have a hard time with it. Uh, many other, you know, other drive-through places don't have a tip option through drive-through. Devices that Starbucks uses tend to be uh, bad glare, especially if your store's window is facing the sun, so it's hard for them to see the screen. Um, some comment said the measure did not make much of a difference in the tips made. And according to Fortune, the move reflects a demand for the Starbucks Workers Union as part of an effort to add the existing wage and benefit system. However, a May statement from Starbucks said that the addition of the digital tipping system was being considered even prior to any union activity. That brings us now to the article about um, tip inflation. As more shoppers, and it's not just a Starbucks issue, report seeing more and more tip requests in growingly unusual places. And you might not be able to escape it while holiday shopping, even from home. Uh, it's the unwelcome shopping surprise that has social media pretty much up in arms. And they're talking about 18% gratuity is already included in the bill. <laughs> um and online, you have now seen it, and many businesses are now allowing tips to make jobs more lucrative, at least at your expense. Um, and so we have now seen it, uh, not just from a server, bartender, or washroom attendant you know, thing. I think I've told you where I saw it, walking into a local place to pick up some food, and I walked there, pretty much took transportation there. And out comes the tip machine. It's at ballparks, too. If you go to a sporting event, there's the tip machine there. <laughs> um, but in this age and era, and I've talked to a few people this week, and one has said that they are in agreement that it has become uh, overkill. <laughs> and this is from a server who states that if I didn't actually do the job of serving you, I don't think that you should tip. Uh, how do you feel about this new tipping um, era in which it's even happening at places that you go to pick up your food? I agree. If I am doing the work, then I should tip myself. Um <laughs> That's how I look at it. Now, I, it, 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 it's, it's getting to be, yeah, overkill is, is probably the easiest and, and best way of describing it. There's so, I don't like tipping someone for a job they should be doing unless it's a job that requires, that should have a tip. Like, uh, I, I'll tip a delivery person. Mm-hmm. Because they're coming to my house. They're doing, that's part of their job, but part of their job is, is a tip kind of job. But then I'm also somebody that knows how to use masks or a calculator, and I'm not going to go on DoorDash and give them a 30% tip for carrying a bag from their car to my front door. Hmm. And... Like, you have to really look at that stuff. Like, I was appalled at that. Like, it was, 
the lowest tip amount that, like, I was like, okay, I'll order DoorDash, which, you know, it happens. Order DoorDash, go to the, the checkout screen. They said, would you like to add a tip? And the the lowest tip amount that they gave me to give my driver was 25% Whoa. of my bill. And I was like, are you kidding me? Nope. Custom. One more I'll do the math and put in the right amount. Um, it's like, yeah. So there's a level of, yes, I understand tipping is important. And, yes, I understand, I understand that tipping is part of our culture and how we handle service positions. You do a good job, you get a tip. This is how this works, right? Everybody gets a tip, basically. You tip everybody. Um, it's a totally different thing when you're looking at me and saying, "Hi, I know you just came through the drive-through, and all you did, all I have to do is, you know, hand you the thing. I didn't actually even make this drink. Like you ordered it online, somebody made it, and then you come through the drive-through, and I hand it to you. Give me a tip. No. What did you do to deserve that? Nothing. You hand you smiled at me, which is what you're supposed to do, and you handed me my drink, which is what you're supposed to do. Supposed to do. Like, yeah. So I'm in that in between. I, uh, man, I, I'm with you. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's become a little much. You know, I'm coming to you to give you something for what you kind of are. Like, unless you are in a restaurant, here's my thing. Unless you're in a restaurant or providing a service and you're going up and beyond, I can't find myself to tip you unless you were just really, really, like, above your job and really helped me out in some way. But otherwise, if I'm going into a place to get a hot dog and I drove there, I got out my car, I walked up, pulled out my money. Why am I tipping you? You were already there doing that job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were going to do that job whether I tipped you or not. <laughs> yeah. And if your problem is with the pay that you're getting, may I suggest that you probably look for another job in which you don't have to rely on that tip. <laughs> I don't want to be that way, but my thing is, is that if you're there for that, then probably time to look at something in which you're not relying on a business like that in the tip because as we get more and more in this post-COVID world it seems like people are like hey I did my job don't you think that should get a tip and if the product is already high yeah if the product is already high no offense Smoothie King I love you but when I go in there and I'm paying 12 13 bucks for a smoothie, the last thing I want to do is tip someone for doing the job that they were already doing anyway. I paid you to make Well, I don't smoothie. get a tip for my job. No, me neither. And I do a service. I, I'm a customer service person. Like, so the difference is I get a paid a livable wage. So then pay them a livable wage. Yes. Awful. And there are days when I don't feel like I'm, it's a livable wage, but that's just me. <laughs> I, That's a totally just, different it's, argument. It's it's just it's too much now, and I like everywhere I go, and then you feel like not pressured, but it's kind of like you feel a little pressured to like pay a like tip, and then you think, oh man, if I don't give a tip, are they gonna slow up my food or like screw it up? 
Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, hey, no pressure, but uh, tip. And I know they don't, you know, like, especially for ones that stand there while you're doing it. Like, they, some, some people will turn around where you're going and they'll come back and look and like, okay, he didn't tip. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. And then it makes it awkward. So, uh, yeah. Well, here's peace. the thing. This is kind of along the same lines, and, and you can laugh at this. I went through the drive-thru. I went through a drive-thru today. And... <laughs> My order came out to nine ninety one. Oh no. I know. And I handed <laughs> them a ten and a penny. And I got change back. Can you guess? I'm guessing he gave you let's see. I've gotta think I I don't know if I could think like God I, I don't I don't want to even like bring down my IQ to think. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that he, he gave, gave me back me... a dollar. No, hundred percent no. gave me back a, a full dollar, and no. I looked at it and I looked at him, and he's like, Did the... you need soft? <laughs> no, I, I, I was like, I think you gave me back the wrong change. He's like, no, that's what it says. Like I don't know what you typed into that thing, but no. <laughs> wow. Dollar. No. Uh, so if you can't even add without a machine, I'm not going to tip you. How's that? <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, and we wonder why businesses say that they lose money every year. <laughs> well. I think we just found out the reason. <laughs> Man. But thank you know. to that server for that tip. I got a tip today. <laughs> yeah. I uh, see. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm so speechless. I don't even know what to say to that one. And I would say that um, I guess we have to leave that there. <laughs> that that pretty much is a bike drop. We, we kind of will leave that there. Uh, but it's uh, – <laughs> Time for no, she's not going to tell you where it was at. So, you know, <laughs> no, no, but, I'm not going to do that. And I lived, I lived near a lot of different drivers. So, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I'm just floored, but I'm never surprised. But uh, still ahead, we will tell you what McDonald's is unveiling for you to speed up drive through service. And we will have a few things from Lee Basket. And then um, we'll take a few stories out of the Smoking Gun Files. But first, Retro Moment of the Week. Uh, we've got three of them for you tonight. First, um, a birthday shout-out. And then something that I think every young lad probably wanted years ago, not now. And then if you're looking for a gift for the lady in your life for Christmas, on uh, as part of our Christmas uh, retro moments here this month, I think we probably found a good gift for you, but you could get into trouble if you give it to her. Uh, those things ahead. First, you're listening <laughs> to page one with LaFar and Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. My grandson thinks I've got the best job in the world. <laughs> I do, too. I've been in love with trains ever since the Christmas my dad gave me my first Lionel. You say they don't make things like they used to. Well... 
They still make Lionel's big and rugged like when we were kids. This Christmas, don't give your children anything less than your father gave you. A big, rugged Lionel train. Let's tell your mother we're checking out a new engine. We'll be a little late. I ask myself, Red, which ballpark Frank pumps more? The beef or original? Any fool can tell you it's the beef. Fool, who's a fool, fool? Just my luck to ask a fool. The original pumps more. Don't tell me the beef pumps more. It's the original, because I'm the original dummy. You're the original dummy, all right, and it's the beef. Uh, hey, fellas, we just want to know which pumps more. Listen, one dummy around here is enough. Right, dummy? High grades, ballpark franks. They plump when you cook them. What does she want for Christmas? All your love and all the loveliness to keep it. And here's a gift to help her keep that loveliness. The Lady Schick Electric Shaver, designed just for a woman, with one side for underarms, for shaves so close but so gentle, a deodorant can be used immediately. And the other side made especially for legs. Nothing she could use is more feminine. Why, her skin will stay so smooth, no one would ever guess she shaved. Most stores offer a 14-day free home trial starting Christmas Day. So take your pick from new designs like this one in blue and white. Or ballerina, sparkling white and gold. Or this, in red and old gold. Or sophisticate, jet black and sapphire blue. Get her a lady chic this Christmas in this delightful hat box carrying case. She'll love it. And love you for giving it to her. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LaVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. And welcome back to Page One with LaVar and Mary on this Friday night, December 9th, 2022. So glad you joined us. Uh, the Retro Moments of the Week. Um, the Lionel Trains. I always wanted a train, never got one for Christmas. Um, I, I I so badly want one, but it, that's a lot of money and a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, you got to really be part of that. Like, that's got to be a thing. Yeah. For if, you. Like, that's got it. Yeah, if you ever want to see the best one, head to the Henry Ford Museum in Michigan, in Dearborn. They have a huge um, train display, and there's a gentleman there who is always willing to talk about it. Uh, And he talks about, you know, how long it took to put together, you know, the parts and everything else and how some things are no longer available. Like hobby shops are a rare thing now. You don't really find a lot. Um, the hobby itself has died out because young people don't want to do that stuff. But, yeah, it's pretty nice. So, um, and then the lady chick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Like, how how dare I not want one of those? Ooh, 
idea. You should have shocked me so much. <laughs> you should have seen the uh, the different styles that she talked about. If you see the commercial, you will probably see what those look like. And then uh, Red Fox <laughs> with the ballpark flank commercial. It was two Red Foxes, which was the joke which you heard back and forth of them talking to each other. That, because today is a very special day. Today would have been Red Fox's 100th birthday. Um, born on this day 100 years ago. That's insane. Yeah. 100. So uh, it makes me wonder if he were still with us, <laughs> how he would be. Uh, he would probably be still just as funny and still just as... Uh, still just as ornery, yeah. You could yeah. say it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that's probably how he would be. Uh, but if you go to uh, my Twitter page, I actually have posted uh, a clip from Sanford and Son that he did with Scatman Carruthers uh, years ago uh, that uh, bought out his singing skills. Uh, one thing that he didn't get a lot of credit for, and you'll see that over on that news comment uh, BTR. So, um, but we were talking before the break about tipping. Um, it leads us to a story about McDonald's. doesn't have nothing to do with tipping, but about the industry. Uh, they are hoping that a drive through lane with a food conveyor belt and a pickup room for delivery workers and a shelf where people can grab their orders will make life easier for customers on the go. The features are being tested in a restaurant near Fort Worth, Texas. And the speedy service is crucial to fast food restaurants because, remember, customers may abandon a brand after experiencing long wait times. Moving customers quickly through the drive-thru is especially important because we see a long line of cars might visit a competitor instead. Drive-thru times have gotten 45 seconds slower on average in 2022 compared to 2019 at industry-leading chains, according to this year's drive-thru report by QSR and InTouch Insight. Uh, according to is it because they can't add? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Which, which is you know, forty-five seconds slower. I'm like, yeah. What were you really gonna do in those forty-five seconds? Uh, <laughs> 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 and they said that as their customers' needs continue to change, they're committed to finding new ways to serve them faster and easier than before. So the test restaurant is smaller than most locations designed specifically for customers who want takeout. Inside, there are kiosks for placing to-go orders in addition to the pickup shelves and delivery rooms. Outside, customers will see dedicated parking spots for curbside pickup as well as for delivery drivers. The order ahead lane is for customers who place their order using the McDonald's mobile app before arrival. Once at the location, they can head to the dedicated lane where someone at a pickup booth will confirm the order. From there, Customers pick up their order from a food and beverage conveyor belt. Now, although this seems like so much longer, although drive-through times are slower than what they were in 2019, they've improved from last year. Uh, when a shortage of workers and an increase in demand for drive-through delivery and to-go orders sent restaurant operations into a disarray. Taco Bell in June unveiled a concept restaurant with four drive-through lanes and orders delivered via a vertical lift from the kitchen. Burger King has explored a triple drive-through lane and burger pickup lockers. Applebee's tried out a drive-through window for the first time last year, and McDonald's first announced plans to improve its drive-through in 2020. Um, I told you, I think, a few weeks back where I went to a McDonald's, went in, uh, there was nobody at the front. 
<laughs> they had redid the McDonald's to where it was smaller than before, less seating space, kiosk. There was a pickup stand, which I think could have all been done in one stand, but it's a different story for a different day. And the person didn't take my order. I had to use the kiosk. But the kiosk gave you an option to use cash at the <laughs> at the front or mm-hmm. to pay for it there, which I probably, if you gave me 30 seconds, could have placed my order, which you had been done. But different story for a different day. Uh, is this the wave of the future? And is this too cold for customers? There? I think so, but that's just me. I mean, yes, I think it is the wave of the future, and I think that that's what's going to end up happening is that it's just going to turn into, we're turning into the Jetsons. (laughs) They're trying to put everything on a conveyor belt. (laughs) (laughs) Jane, stop this crazy thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that somebody else got my life. I'm frustrated. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I thought I'd give you that, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. What happened to just being able to look somebody in the eye? Like, what happened to that? What happened? I I, I really don't. It, it, it's kind of like we've gone away from that. And I'm like, conveyor belts? Um, here's the thing. If I got enough issues trying to get someone to take my order, what makes you think that somebody is going to come out and give me my order when I get there? Or give you the right one. And give you the right one. So you need people for that. This isn't like a robot's going to bring it yet. But <laughs> yes. for now, you know, I've heard from people who have the McDonald's app. I just got it. I'm trying it out. I'm going to try it out one day. But from people who have it, and then either they got to wait or they get the wrong things or the food's cold or, you know, it was made way too early. And it, it, it's just like, uh, I know. What if you do like, special orders? I know, like, I like weird people do special orders. But, like, right. how do you handle that on the app? Yeah. You can only do so much. I see... Until they can fix that issue, I see a lot of problems. And I, I mean, I don't want to be the gloom and doom guy, but man, alive! I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me just go in and get my food and just place my order. And... <laughs> Please. <laughs> right. So. I don't know. Let me do that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I don't know. Um so yeah, it's it's very Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've got nothing else to say to that. But um it is not, I think it's a no-go for now. I don't know if that's going to be, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, real quick, let's take a look at what's trending tonight. There is some uh, breaking news that's uh, coming across uh, that I've seen here um, and uh, from ABC News. An American journalist, uh, Grant Wall, who is trending, 
uh, died while covering the World Cup on Friday. Um, this is still a developing story coming out of Qatar. And from what I am reading online, um, that he had just published a piece about migrant deaths in Qatar and drew attention for the reaction by security guards when he tried to wear a pride shirt. Um, but a lot of people were saying that this is just far too suspicious, uh, and a lot of people shocked um, over what has occurred. So I am pretty sure in the U.S. Uh, soccer statement uh, that has come out is saying that the entire U.S. soccer family is heartbroken to learn that we have lost Grant Wall. Uh, fans of soccer and journalism of the highest quality knew we could always count on Grant to deliver insightful and entertaining stories about our game and its major protagonists. Teams, players, coaches, and the many personalities that make soccer unlike any sport here in the United States, his passion for soccer and commitment to elevating its profile across our sporting landscape played a major role in helping to drive interest uh, and, and respect for our beautiful game. goes on to uh, talk about that, but um, they said that he was uh, – so a lot of this is still coming through. Um, you know, we don't want to – put too much into things online just yet, but from one person there, um, they said um, that he was kicked out of a stadium in Qatar for his shirt uh, and reportedly collapsed and passed away during the Argentina game. Uh, His brother said on Instagram that he was fully healthy and believes that there is foul play. So um, so I, I do not know. Uh, but that is one of the top things that is breaking tonight, and that is number one trending uh, on um, Twitter, uh, along with the other things that it's Friday night and TV shows that is trending. Um, really, at that point, nothing else, uh, I think, really even matters in regards to uh, the things that are trending, but quite disturbing uh, when you hear about that. Um, yeah. Um, they definitely wouldn't like the shirt I'm wearing then. If, it's, yeah. if it was the shirt. If it was the shirt. And you can't help but think uh, with countries that have their opinions and beliefs on particular things that, of course, that makes you um, uh, uh, spotlight. But you are there as a journalist. And if there's one thing that I am even more um, pro of is the right to cover stories, whether you as a country like it or not. There are stories that are covered here in this country that make, you know, that the government doesn't like, but has to respect because a journalist is doing their rightful job in reporting that to the world. And to have a sports writer who is trying to cover the other side of the game and bring that story to the world uh, just because it quote embarrasses you or you don't like it. Um, you, the back of your mind, you can't hope, help but think um, a healthy young man who was there um, and then he does not return home. And he, and you look at the um, stories of, the things leading up to what has occurred. It's very disturbing. And I will 
uh, I'm sure that there will be a lot more here in the next few days. Um, and unfortunately, uh, uh, seeing that here on Twitter, I mean, like I said, there's no other things that you could probably report on after that that make much sense. And Sally, you know, journalists, and I think somebody had just said this the other day about how journalists, um, even in this age, uh, are threatened for trying to report truths or stories. Um, and it is a sad world where, you know, like I said, I don't want to put, you know, uh, suspicion out there, but it looks suspicious. And I'm not going to it'd be a bad taste to assume what has happened or what has occurred. But if things did occur, then people need to be honest and upright about what happened. Um, and the best thing that they can do is to make sure that he is returned here to the States ASAP. So, um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, on stuff like this, we kind of have to, you know, turn at a 90-degree angle uh, and kind of roll back into what we were doing. But, yeah, that's what's trending tonight. Uh, you'll check that out on Twitter. Uh, that pretty much uh, coming across in the last hour or so. So, um, you know, you want to go into the weekend, you know, you don't. Um, uh, it was a game that so far was, you know, widely watched by a lot of people. Uh, you had some great matches. You had Croatia today uh, beating Brazil. Uh, even I'm not, you know, all the way soccer, but I know what was going on uh, in the World Cup, and I know a lot of people were worried about that. So, wow, tough news. And our thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, that's way too young, way, way too young. So, but uh, the show, uh, we will continue on. Um I did see uh, in the potpourri tonight a few interesting articles, uh, one in which Apple, um, it's kind of a yay or nay. Okay. Um, <laughs> it fit yay or nay only because I, I thought about you when I read the story initially uh, in regards to what the fine folks at Apple uh, wanted to do. Um, but they are considering um, doing uh, Apple Music, and I'm not sure who we talked to. <laughs> Apple Music Sing will be available later this month for all Apple Music users worldwide. It is exactly what I, you think it is. Uh, they announced the launch of a um, – but what do you think it is? <laughs> Apple uh, Music Sync? Sing, S-I-N-G. Oh, gotcha. So probably voice recognition, you sing a few lyrics, and it pulls it up in your Apple Music? That's a good it's idea. It's a karaoke. It is. Apple Music users will soon be able to sing along to their favorite hits right inside the app. <gasps> uh, Apple has announced the launch of a built-in karaoke function on the streaming service, which will be available to all Apple Music subscribers worldwide later this month. Dubbed Apple Music Sing, the future will be available on iPhone, iPad, and the newest model of the Apple TV 4K with tens of millions of songs available at launch. Uh, it is similar to a typical karaoke player. 
highlighting the streamer's on-screen lyrics beat by beat. Additional functionality includes the option to adjust a song's vocal levels, the separation of background vocals from main vocals to make the lyrics easier to follow, and a, quote, duet view with, <laughs> that places lyrics from multiple vocalists on opposite sides of the screen to make multi-singer tracks easier to navigate. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It is the internet. I say no. Stop it. Do the the Shazam thing where if I sing a few bars and go, what's that song? It goes, and then the Apple music goes, did you mean Kids Bop, NSYNC, Christmas Carol, or whatever the hell they come up with? That would be a yay for me because that's basically what it is. It's like I only recognize like maybe two words and three bars. But it's like, I really like that song, but I don't know what it's called. Um, and that would be a much better use of a singing function. All I can remember. And I like it. I love karaoke. I love karaoke. All I can remember was years ago. Do you remember uh, it was an episode of Married with Children when Al went looking for a hit and all it was was, mm-hmm, and it's like he's just kept covering it and like looking for it. That's how I like... am, absolutely. <laughs> which was Anna go to him, which I think was by the Beatles, I think eventually, but he, he didn't know the name of it. And he kept like trying to find the song. And that's all I could think of. But I can also think of like people just whipping out their iPhones and having karaoke sessions in the streets. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Now parties are going to have people like just having their Apple TVs or their iPhones or their iPads and doing karaoke. And I'm over here rolling my eyes. You do not understand how much yeah. I am rolling my eyes at this. It's yeah. like, really, it's... now I'm going to have to deal with not just the TikTokers, but now the karaoke people for the app. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how the world is turning. <laughs> Everybody's going to think they're a singer. Everybody's going to think they're a dancer. Everybody's going to think that they have talent. And they do not. <laughs> um, the other thing from the potpourri files was actually, and I, I have to explain the story, uh, but I saw it first on Barstool Sports, which was actually um, an ATM at Art Basel. It puts your bank account balance in photo on a leaderboard for all to see. Uh, it's a weird place. Uh, it's in Miami. Uh, and I've been to those art, uh, I've been down to Wayward Wynn and a few other places in Miami, but I, I've never been to Art Basel, and I guess I have to roll there, but it's a <clears throat> premier art and party destination in Miami. And it's on uh, online where it shows it, uh, where if you use the ATM, it will immediately put you in a position where you are, according to your checking account, down to the exact fence. Uh, and I think so far... Is this that a privacy issue? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought, like, at least where I work, you're, you're not supposed to display that kind of stuff. 
I guess because if people use this, it might tell you exactly what it might do. Uh, but uh, yes, there is such an ATM. Um, and oh so goodness. look it up. Uh, put Art Basel ATM. And you can look it up and you'll see for yourself. And I think so far the person that was leading was some guy, young guy who had about $13 million. All that is is just a brag piece where, you know, to me, you got to be, I don't even want to use the word that I'm going to use, but. um, Bougie. (laughs) Yeah, okay, we'll use bougie. But that's a con. I'm thinking of the old school word. Uh, a D bag, yeah. pretty much at this point, um, yeah. to go and say I'm going to go. Trying to be nice. Yes, we were all trying to be nice here, but to use an ATM that is going to pretty much tell people, I, I, I in this world of of people stealing identities and everything else, I don't even want you to know I have a dollar, let alone <laughs> let alone anything else. So we're good. I, I'm not going to. No, I I just can't. That, that's. I don't even know how to get away with it. Like I said, you'll have to look it up. Uh, Art Basel, uh, A R T B A S E L, I believe, and you'll see stories about it this week. Uh, I'm telling we'll... you, I I don't even have a dollar. So there you go. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm kidding, of course. But I mean, come on. Come on. Why? In the last, in the last article for the potpourri files that I had here, I thought it was an Onion article, and unfortunately, it was not. Uh, <gasps> the, the, the title of the article came from the Associated Press. I kid you not. And it says, amid outcry, San Francisco pauses on killer police robots. Uh, San Francisco supervisors voted on Tuesday to put the brakes on a controversial policy that would have let police use robots for deadly force, reversing course just days after their approval of the plan generated fierce pushback and warnings about the militarization and automation of policing. The Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to explicitly ban the use of robots in such a fashion for now, but they sent the issue back to a committee for further discussion and could vote in the future to let police use robots in a lethal manner in limited cases. The board voted last week to allow the use of deadly robots in extreme circumstances. The police department said it has no plans to arm the robots with guns, the ability to put explosives on them, and use them to contact, uh, or, uh, contact incapacitate, or disorient dangerous or armed suspects when lives are at risk. The initial vote thrust the famously liberal city into the center of the debate, about the future of technology and policing, with some saying arming robots was a step too close to something one would see in a dystopian science fiction movie. The robot technology for policing has become more widely available. Departments across the country have rarely used it to confront or kill suspects. Um, three supervisors who rejected the policy for the beginning joined dozens of protesters on Monday outside City Hall to urge the vote board to change their course. Uh, they chanted and held signs with phrases like, we all saw that movie, No Killer Robots. So, yeah, I was going to say, did the governor, I mean, he's not the governor anymore. No. He may have weighed in on that argument. Yeah? No? No? He should have. I saw that movie, too. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I, I, I thought for sure when I saw it, it was, I, I thought it was an onion article. It was article. from the onion, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it should be an onion article. Why didn't they do that? Like, what the heck? No. It was not. It was not. That is the world that we have oh now my. come to. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I, I, wanna get... I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I you know. I don't. Okay. Anyway. I'm never surprised about anything anymore, except when I expect the things to happen, doesn't happen. That's what I always say. Right. <laughs> that is all. Um, Down and so, understandable. Yes. So over to our smoking gun files. A few of them came from the smoking gun, and then the last one that I will talk to you about came from the wire files. But I, I kind of pulled them up real quick. Uh, one, um, uh, <laughs> you could make your own decision as to which one was the worst one this, this week. Uh, but uh, one was a holiday party uh, fracas involving a man dressed as the Grinch and a co-worker wearing a reindeer costume required the intervention of Michigan cops who arrested the Seuss wannabe for assault and battery, according to police reports. Officers were summoned late Saturday night to the Traverse uh, City Hotel, where a, quote, work Christmas party started an altercation in the bar area. The men involved in the fight are employed by a local oil and gas equipment company. Uh, I am not going to say that they were lit. I will leave that joke out. Before cops arrived, <laughs> the dispute spilled out of the bar and into the main lobby of the Hotel Indigo. An employee told police that she saw the man in the green Grinch outfit fighting and yelling back and forth with a man wearing a plaid jacket. At this point, hotel employee uh, sought to intervene. They said that the, quote, male in the reindeer suit grabbed him and pushed him backwards. Then with Archibald on the ground, the Grinch allegedly pummeled the hotel worker who suffered redness to his left eye and a broken watch. Cops subsequently identified the Grinch as Tucker Lee Davis, and when questioned by officers, Davis, who Archibald described as drunk and angry, reportedly admitted to being the aggressor during the confrontation, adding that he took Archibald down to the ground in a grappling style. Uh, he was arrested and booked into the Grand Traverse County Jail on a misdemeanor assault battery count. The reindeer was not charged. <laughs> the Grinch did this one, unfortunately. Yes. Um, and then... You're me, one, Mr. Grinch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we always... Um, the occasional nativity scene thefts that has happened. Um, I won't get to that one. I'm not even going to get to the brazen Burlington thief who was about to get busted for boosting bags, and you see him on the film, and he has them all in, like, one hand. Sacks of golden goods. Uh, this happened to Hialeah, 10 miles from Miami, uh, where he was clearly recorded by store security cameras. <laughs> and uh, he fled the department store with the 5,000 stolen loot. Man passed aside intended for departing shoppers. See you soon for your next treasure hunt. Uh, that's on the smoking gun. You'll see that as well. Uh, I am not even going to tell you about the man and who was involved with an argument with his girlfriend, and it involved a dildo. Uh, <laughs> you leave that to the smoking gun. <laughs> but the story of the dumb crook of probably the month or the year happened in Rockdale County, Georgia. This is where oh, social media. Florida. 
No. Um, this is where probably perhaps being too honest or wanting your own five minutes of fame will get you into trouble. A Georgia man's comment on a Sheriff's Department Facebook post helped to get him arrested this week. The Rockdale County Sheriff's Office post of its most wanted list caught the eye of Christopher Spaulding, who was moved to comment, how about me? The Sheriff's Office saw it. It confirmed Spaulding had two outstanding warrants with the message, we are on the way. He was arrested Thursday on warrants for felony violation of probation, and as of Sunday, his comment had over a thousand reactions on Facebook. <laughs> oh, so I don't even. Time, I don't even need to finish that statement. No, no, no need to finish. <laughs> How about me? Um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he will be having a Christmas that he is now inclusive, and we remember him. Well, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say, you know what, Jill? At least they get the full meal at Christmas for Angel, so he may end up working out on that one. He might work out as a bandit on that one. I guess. That's bad. <laughs> and with, bad. <laughs> with that. Uh, the old clock on the wall um, is telling us that we're pretty much just about out of time. Do you have any shout-outs for this week? Um, no, all my birthdays were earlier. Well, wait. Yeah, I already said happy birthday to Grandpa Rocco. So, no, I don't have any. I'm, I'm actually, wow, my calendar is actually pretty empty for birthdays. <laughs> I know, right? So, 30 seconds of awkward silence, or? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, why not? 30 seconds of awkward silence, starting now. Thought you'd be keeping track, but I think that's about the second to the awkward time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were keeping track. That's why I was over here. I got things so yeah, that. I think that was about to us, So <laughs> People who were listening in are like, what the heck just happened? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would uh, for Craig Ferguson, who uh, on his own show, he used to just have the awkward silence at the end. When he, had, when he asked all the questions he had to ask, he's like, Awkward silence, or, you know, I think he had some other options, but I always loved the awkward silence. You could just sit there, and then everybody would be laughing, because they knew that no one else had anything to say, and then he'd be like, all right, such and such, everyone, and would be done. Right? <laughs> it was far ahead of its time, and I love it. Uh, and if I have to steal it, then so be it. Um, but, yes, at least we filled 30 seconds, but we'll, we'll, we'll fill it next time, I'm sure. But um, as I stated... Three more shows left of the year. Uh, still ahead at the end of the year, uh, end of the year show, our end of the year awards, our festivist show at some point. And then, uh, yeah, and that'll be it for 2022. So, and don't forget, Monday, uh, Sunday night, That's the 18th. Insane. Yeah, Sunday night, the 18th. Raina Hong joins me, 401 Lounge, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. You can hear my interview with Subgirl 831 now. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, but we thank you 
and we hope that you have a wonderful weekend, week ahead. And as always, we will be with you next Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, here on page one. So for Mary, I am LeVar. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at NewsCommentBTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 